Weekly in the Canadian Football League. Welcome to CFL Weekly, Canada-wide across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara. Follow me on Twitter at AndyMC81. Instagram, too, at AndyMCSports. And folks, we're delivered by Domino's. Grab yourself a loaded medium-piece pizza for just $10.99 this weekend. Perfect football food. And try the delicious side dishes like the pasta and boneless chicken. You'll love it. Check it all out. All the great carryout and delivery deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Great show for you today as we creep ever closer to the playoffs and the march to the Grey Cup from the CFL on TSN. Davis Sanchez will join me. And for some late-season CFL fantasy talk on the TSN game side and the DraftKings DFS side, it's Ben Kramer from Daily Roto. So, as I said, there's only two weeks left in the regular season. And it is unusually murky in the CFL standings at this time. Usually, okay, Calgary's got it locked up. We know that. We got the crossover, everything sorted. There's a lot up in the air, people. Okay, there is a lot up in the air still. Calgary, it seemed impossible, could actually lose first place in the West. They still got to win. Here are the playoff scenarios as we enter week 20. So, in the West Division, Calgary, if they win or tie, or Saskatchewan loses or ties, Calgary clinches first place in the West Division and will host the Western Final on November 18. Saskatchewan, if they win or they tie, Saskatchewan secures a home playoff date. And then you look at Winnipeg, who plays Calgary. So a Winnipeg win or a tie, Winnipeg clinches the final playoff berth and Edmonton is eliminated from playoff contention. Winnipeg win... And BC loss, Winnipeg finishes third, and BC becomes the crossover team, Edmonton on the bye. And we'll get into how Edmonton can stay alive in three downs in just a few minutes. East division, okay, a little simpler. Ottawa win means Ottawa clinches first place in the East division and will host the Eastern final on November 18. The Hamilton Ticats might have something to say about that at Tim Hortons Field in their home building. Okay, even without Brandon Banks. Now, for the crossover, a West Division team will cross over to the East Division for the third consecutive season. We know that already clinched Calgary Stampeders have clinched a home playoff date. Rough Riders have clinched a playoff berth. Red Blacks have clinched a home playoff date. Hamilton Ticats have clinched a home playoff date. BC Lions have clinched a playoff berth. Argos and Alouettes already eliminated. They play each other this weekend, of course. Now, here's a couple interesting notes. They mentioned Edmonton. The Eskimos need Winnipeg to lose to Calgary. So Edmonton needs their provincial rival, the Stampeders, to win this week in order to remain in contention. If Winnipeg wins, it's over for the Eskimos. And who thought that would be coming? My goodness. Now, if Edmonton qualifies for the playoffs, it will be as a crossover team only. So that's their only shot. So they'll be playing either Ottawa or Hamilton, depending on how things shake out there. In order for the BC Lions to win the season series outright with Saskatchewan, they must win by four-plus points. So that's something else to keep in mind here as far as uh, positioning and in, in season series and all, uh, all that type of thing. It's so th- th- That's the great part. There's so many different scenarios this weekend. And if BC and Saskatchewan tie the season series, so BC wins by three points on Saturday, the outcome of the tiebreaker is yet to be determined. Woo! Take a breath. Take a breath, people. My goodness. There is a lot. <laughs> there is a lot to try to get through. Holy. Which means that this weekend's slate of games are going to be amazing. And with that being said, 
Got a Twitter poll question for you. At AndyMC81 tweeted it out. Our Domino's Canada Week 20 TSN CFL Weekly Show Poll. With only two weeks left in the CFL regular season, who is your Grey Cup favorite? Who is your Grey Cup favorite? The Stampeders, the Rough Riders, the Ticats, or the Red Blacks? There's only four options on Twitter, people. I can't fit all the teams. So if you have another one, tweet me who you think is the Grey Cup favorite. Is it? Are you buying in with the Bombers? Do you think the Lions got a late run left for Wally Buono? What do you think? So the question again, with only two weeks left in the CFL regular season, who is your Grey Cup favorite? The Stamps, the Riders, the Ticats, or the Red Blacks at AndyMC81? You can vote there. All right, let's get to three downs in the news and notes. It's time for Three Downs on CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara, bringing you inside the largest headlines around the Canadian Football League. First down. Well, mentioned it off the top, Brandon Banks of the Hamilton Ticats gone for the remainder of the season. A huge loss. TSN's Matthew Shinetti, along with Glenn Sheeler, talk about not just on the field, but for the team. Is this a psychological blow for the Hamilton Ticats? Brandon Banks was the heartbeat and the mouthpiece of the Hamilton Tire Cats. So much so, let's go back to last season. June Jones becomes the head coach of the Hamilton Tire Cats. He sends a text to Brandon Banks. You're my number one receiver. Acts like it. He calls out Brandon Banks earlier this season, the summertime, when Brandon Banks is acting out on the sidelines. And since then, Banks has totally changed. This hasn't been reported yet, but two weeks ago, before the Hamilton Tire Cats beat the Toronto Argonauts, Brandon Banks gave a speech to the Hamilton Tire Cats locker room talking about the 2014 Grey Cup. In that 2014 Grey Cup, Brandon Banks had a kick return touchdown called back because of a penalty that moment he says changed them as a player and as a person and he was telling his teammates what it was going to take for them to get back to the great cup Lou Tasker told me after that speech it was stirring this is a psychological blow not a lot of runway left here in the regular season uh what is Hamilton's plan though going forward without Banks well there's been a lot of rumblings about Jeremiah Masoli possibly being an MOP candidate now being an MOP candidate he had Brandon Banks beside him and they were devastating pair Ask any defender in the CFL. Now, well, Jeremiah Masoli has lost Shamad Chambers and Jalen Saunders and Chris Williams and Terrence Tolliver and Brandon Banks. That's 4,000-yard receivers and a Canadian. If he's going to get to the Grey Cup, Jeremiah Masoli has to rely on veteran receiver Marquay McDaniel, Rashad Lawrence, Canadian Mike Jones, Luke Tasker, and Terrell Sinkfield, who is coming back. So, really, Glenn, if he can go ahead and lead the Hamilton Tire Cats with those receivers after losing five, you might as well just hand the MOP award right to Jeremiah Masoli. Hamilton head coach June Jones said, quote, I've never experienced this many injuries before. Remember, too, that the Tire Cats still control their own destiny. It's a rematch with Ottawa Saturday afternoon and a victory ties them again for first in the East. Moving on. Second down. Oh, boy, it's a bad week for the Edmonton Eskimos to be on a bye, huh? Whoa, whoa. What do all teams hate in sport? Right? Well, what? It's not controlling their own destiny. The CFL and TSN panel, led by Rod Smith with Matt Dunnigan, Jim Barker, and Davis Sanchez, discuss how important Rough Riders versus Stampeders is for Edmonton. Be the game of the week, though, Jim, is Calgary at Winnipeg because the Edmonton Eskimos who don't play need Calgary to win to stay alive in the playoffs. And the Stampeders are struggling. They've lost back-to-back games at home. They still haven't clinched first in the West. So is this all bad news or could it be good news for the Eskimos? It's horrible for Edmonton to have a bye going into this weekend and have to have Calgary win for you to continue. That's bad enough. (laughs) Now Calgary is in a situation where they're not playing so great. 
Winnipeg has a bye week coming in. Calgary's coming off a short week. Jeff, if I'm Edmonton, Jeff, that's a good oh my sign. That's goodness a good sign. Edmonton's helpless right now. And, but I think they're in a better situation than Calgary lost to Saskatchewan sure. that way. Because Calgary's this is a meaningful game to them. Yeah. They've got to get their stuff together. Yeah. They're struggling down the stretch here, and that's not good. Last year, they had already clinched, and they went 0 for 3 the last three weeks of the season. You, and then they couldn't finish in the Grey Cup. This year, they are really stumbling to get to the finish line. Yeah, it's a game of emotion. You want it to mean something for the stamp. So, yes, this is this. Yes. Good for the S. Agree, Davis. Okay. Curious that's to see. Once this, short that's week. Once tonight, Matt. Short week. Curious short to see. Short week. All right, on to third down. Third down. Now, despite their 11 and 6 record, the quarterback position and offensive line has been a roller coaster for Saskatchewan this season. Zach Caleros in and out of the lineup. He's tried to regain that stellar form he had in 2015 before all the injuries. Well, now it's crunch time as the playoffs are almost here. CFL on TSN's Rod Smith and Jim Barker speak on how the Rough Riders need a whole lot more of the Zach Caleros they saw last weekend in the win over Calgary. Alongside Jim Barker, and what a difference a week makes for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, who were shut out in Winnipeg last week, Jim, 31-0. Zach Caleros had only 69 yards passing. And then they take on the top defense in the CFL. Completely different, especially for Caleros, who probably had his best game in green and white. Well, in 2015, he was up to be an MOP when he got hurt. He's starting to regain that form. He had a really bad week last week. To come back this week and play this way, he threw for 350 yards. The drive that he started with, two minutes and 40 seconds to go. The drive where he takes the team, runs the clock down. They get the ball back with 30 seconds left. He completes uh, two balls to Williams Lambert. One was just a, an incredible catch right here on second down. Just a phenomenal play by Williams Lambert. But to keep the clock moving, he did the things an elite quarterback has to do. For the Riders to win the Grey Cup, they need this Zach Caleros and this Rider offensive line. Jo uh, Josiah St. John played his first game at guard. Mm -hmm. they, they just did a tremendous job against Micah Johnson inside. Just, I, th I felt he was frustrated the whole game because he couldn't get there. And I give those guys a lot of credit. So a lot of credit to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. They're, uh, they're getting themselves playoff ready. They won the season series. They take two or three against the Stampeders because of that. Mathematically, there's still a slight chance they could finish first in the Western, not Calgary. The Stamps have tried twice. They'll try again to clinch the top spot in the bye to the Western final next Friday night against Winnipeg. All right, there you go. That was three downs. We will take the break, get into some CFL fantasy talk, some fascinating options as we are late in the season. Ben Kramer from Daily Roto joins me next here on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Hungry? Domino's has you covered. Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carryout specials at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. Try our delicious side dishes like pasta and chicken wings and don't forget our irresistible marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Perfect food for the big game if you're in a hurry or just because. Check out all the great deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Well, 
Welcome back to CFL Weekly Canada Wide across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara on Twitter at AndyMC81, Instagram at AndyMCSports. And folks, we're delivered by Domino's. Now, I always tell you about the great deals, but you can help yourself just by ordering Domino's, the piece of the pie rewards program. If you haven't heard about it, all you do, it's free to sign up. Uh, dominoes.ca sign up you'll see it at the top piece of the pie rewards sign up and for every ten dollars you spend if uh, any order that's over ten dollars you get ten points every 60 points you get a free pizza you see where i'm going with this it's perfect you order dominoes all the time you get free pizza they're paying you pretty much for pizza for ordering and being loyal to dominoes it's tremendous so check that out at piece of the pie rewards at dominoes.ca. That is dominoes.ca. Well, it is week 20, two weeks left in the regular CFL season. So let's get to some CFL fantasy talk, and there is a lot to get to. Welcome in now, Ben Kramer of Daily Roto. Ben, the big story, of course, coming out of last week was Brandon Banks, broken clavicle, gone. Highest-priced wide receiver, so dynamic, a gimme when it comes to guaranteed fantasy points. He gone. So what do we do now strategy-wise when we're looking at either our daily DraftKings lineup playing the CFL games or on the TSN CFL fantasy games? Who's kind of that next guy up, and how do you fill the void of losing Brandon Banks? Yeah, it's been kind of a ridiculous season for wide receivers this year. So much strategy and season-long leagues goes around going zero RB and hoping to just pick up on all those injuries. And instead, this year for the CFL, all the top wide receivers have been going down. So with a reliable guy like Banks out of lineups this week, it's going to be interesting to see where we go. Like right now in our projections model, Deontay Spencer takes over the top spot in the projections, but that's far from a comfortable spend at $9,000. Because he's got all the other competition from Sinopoli and Ellingson and even R.J. Harris this last week in Ottawa. And in Hamilton, it seems in the couple games that Banks has been out this season, that Tasker becomes a top-targeted receiver, but the entire offense overall takes a hit in its efficiency because they just don't have that guy to take the top off the defense anymore that Banks does. So Tasker comes in second in our projections, but it's a pretty shaky projection for $9,000 to think of 17 points coming from him. He scored a lot of touchdowns recently, but a lot of those underneath targets he's gotten in the end zone are going to go away now that Banks is gone for the decoy. Well, Ben, that's a great point, and and that's the thing. When you lose a star, everybody gets slotted up to a position maybe they're not perfectly suited for, and once you get past Luke Tasker now, after the slew of injuries that they've had at wide receiver for Hamilton, really the next guy up is Terrell Sinkfield, and on the CFL TSN fantasy game, he's a shade under 5,000 but he's you can't lock on on him he's a boomer bust like he could go off or he could get nothing for you right yeah, a lot the thing that we've seen a lot this year is there's a ton of cheap receivers every sure. week because so many have been going down with injuries. So every week you've got min-priced receivers around that $2,500 level, whether it's guys like Sinkfield or whether it'll be Mike Jones coming up a little bit more. We've seen him take a little bit more of that downfield role for the offense when Banks has been gone, but he's far from a reliable target in that offense. So I think everything probably bogs down there a little bit in Hamilton. It's going to be tough to expect a whole lot. So whether you go with Sinkfield there, whether you go with Mike Jones, mm. or even old man Marque McDaniel coming oh. through at a relatively cheap price tag, there's going to be value plays that open up there in the projections, but they certainly come with a lower floor than you would like to expect for in a high-paced offense like Hamilton. Now sticking with wide receiver for a minute, 
on on your Twitter uh, at Benjamin. You have ha- Happy Gino Lewis Day. Gino Lewis Day. You sent it October twenty. He had a big outing against the Argonauts, and the price discrepancy between the DraftKings and TSN game is very interesting. On the DraftKings lineup, he's seventy two hundred bucks. On the yeah. CFL TSN lineup, he's what under four thousand. Um, I'm not sure why there's the the discrepancy there, but I, I guess it, obviously the, the better value is is on the CFL TSN game overall as a weapon. In Montreal, we know how sporadic that offense is with Johnny Manziel. Are you slotting in Geno Lewis to either your DraftKings or your TSN CFL fantasy lineup? I don't think that there, he's a guy that you can look at in a single entry situation. It's just such a volatile spot. I've been yeah. watching him since his Penn State days in college ah. football, and he certainly is a downfield threat. He can certainly make things happen. And if you're playing both sets of contests, I'd say the CFL one is probably the one you'd look at him more just because he's priced so much more loosely. The DraftKings pricing tends to be priced much more efficiently on a week-to-week basis, and it adjusts to those things like his big explosion game last week pretty quickly. So it's tough to get too much value the second time around and frankly because it is such a volatile offense I think that's a pretty clear fade spot there because I don't expect that he'll be able to do that two weeks in a row it's going to be difficult to expect a whole lot of anything to be consistent two weeks in a row out of the Montreal offense Uh especially even as they've been swapping quarterbacks in and out of practices who might even be playing so we'll have to see what comes but I think he's worthy of consideration on TSN but I would make that a pretty hard fade on DraftKings this week talking cfl fantasy strategy with ben kramer of daily roto on twitter at ben yemen let's go to quarterback here and i'll start with the DraftKings lineup now jeremiah mazzoli highest priced option we just talked about brandon banks being down the weaponry outside of luke tasker has dropped however we know mazzoli can also use his feet under that you got trevor harris then bo levi mitchell and a struggling calgary team James Franklin, I'm not touching him. Travis Lule underneath that in, in, uh, at the 9,700 mark. And then Matt Nichols. When we're looking at quarterback, where are you going this week? Because this, this is a tricky one this late in the season. Yeah, Mike Riley was so predictable throughout the first half of the season that he yeah. was just easy to slot in and go with. In the second half of the season, things have got more jumbled up, certainly. I think... My play probably this week will be going with Jenks Franklin, actually, with his floor that he provides with his feet and the fact that he gets more goal line opportunities as a rusher than nearly any player in the CFL. He provides something that you can go with that provides a nice baseline with his rushing ability. Whatever he gets through the air really is kind of bonus. He's priced pretty reasonably on the CFL TSN contests around 8700 and even on DraftKings he gets a little bit of a discount from the top passers he's sub 10k so he's somebody I'd certainly look at versus Montreal who's got the second worst pass defense yardage wise and touchdowns per attempt wise in the CFL now we're looking if we're looking at the whole slate of games here Zach Caleros fascinating option in a season that he of course come over from Hamilton and this is supposed to be his reemergence from that 2015 form in and out of the lineup with injury horrendous week two weeks ago big week over 330 yards but no touchdowns this past week going up against the BC Lions in a very important West Division game let's compare these two Zach Caleros and Trevor Harris for Ottawa, because I think they've they've mirrored each other a little bit in the inconsistency, but that they can also have big weeks. Out of those two, do you have a favorite? 
I think if I was pinned down to half between the two, I'd pick Trevor Harris just because he gets the opportunity to throw touchdown passes once right, in a while. Right. Caleros is still just so low in the touchdown department. And really, touchdowns are what separate most of the quarterbacks in fantasy football on a week-to-week basis. Most of them are in that 250 to 300 yards passing range, unless there's something that's just a top 10 percentile kind of outlook for one of them on a given week. So between the two, I'd probably look at Harris just because you're going to get a little bit more opportunity to score touchdowns there, whereas Caleros and the Riders offense, they're just so mercurial on a weekly basis. It's hard to depend on them on a one lineup kind of contest. Going to running back here. Now, Alex Green, top price running back on the TSN CFL game. He's up there, of course, as well in the DraftKings lineups. But that production... First week back, okay. I wasn't touching him last week because you never know first week back what the workload's going to be like. With Alex Green, and then you have William Powell the next year under that, and then Andrew Harris following him. Where are you putting Alex Green in that Hamilton lineup? Again, considering like Hamilton's kind of driving the fantasy conversation here because you're now without Brandon Banks. Does this give Alex Green's value a boost for Week 20? Yeah, I would expect he'll probably kick pick up a couple extra targets that are going to be vacated by Banks nine targets a game that get opened up for that offense now. So he might get a little bit more usage there. At $9,000 plus on TSN, that's a pretty hard spend, I think. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of valuable running backs that come in relatively low-priced that you can build up a little bit higher in those receiver spots that you're probably going to have to spend up at on TSN. On DraftKings, Green is priced really ridiculously low for his usage rates, honestly. At 6700 there, he comes in as our second-highest projected back on the slate and certainly one of the lower-priced starting running backs mm. in the league, well below even William Standback or guys like that who are in significantly poorer offenses. So Green's a guy I'd spend up for pretty quickly on DraftKings and have as much of him as I can in multi-entry situations. And on TSN, I think he's a lot tougher spend. He projects only around 16, 17 points this week. And on a per-dollar basis, that's a pretty poor value on the TSN contest at 9400 Yeah. So Okay, so for, for our listeners, you're playing the CFL DraftKings contest, go Alex Green. If you're filling out your CFL TSN contest, stay away. So yeah. then for a value guy... Uh, let's let's say the CFL TSN contest because I'm I'm with you. I thought I actually thought I thought Green's number was going to be a lot higher on DraftKings, but you're right. Looking at the contest numbers, are you looking like Don Jackson has flashed this year, but he hasn't done much as of late. Um, William Powell is right there, but he's a pricey 8700 plus on the CFL TSN lineup. When you're looking at filling out those two running back spots, who do you got your eye on? You know, I think probably it'll be spending up in one of those mid-tier spots for somebody like Terrell Sutton that's just going to get pounded again and again and again in that game plan. Since he's been starting for BC, the amount of carries and work he's been getting as a receiver has been just about unmatched in the league. So it's not a great matchup with the Rough Riders' front defensive front, but I think that's a guy I'd probably go with just purely as a volume play at home. And then somebody who's just a pure punt play, like Patrick Lavoie, who's playing kind of a fullback, slotback hybrid role in the Riders' offense, got eight targets last week in the passing game, and he's min-priced at 2500 and you can actually slot that in as a running back right now on TSN or DraftKings. And on DraftKings, I think he's still only priced min-priced around 3000 there as well. So as a punt play that you're getting basically a wide receiver in PPR scoring, Pat Lavoie is a guy I'd want in a lot of lineups hmm. this week too. And last one for you here, Ben, the defense. And when you get to this late in the season, the good part is 
Because sometimes this late in the season, teams are just kind of hanging around and, and waiting for the playoffs. But even Calgary still needs to win. They got to hold off Saskatchewan, and they got to win to clinch first overall. Where are you going on the defense side? Because you got Winnipeg's in there, but Calgary needs Saskatchewan and BC. Both like there's there's important games to everybody, except really for Toronto and Montreal. And even they need to play hard because those players are playing for their jobs for next year. Yeah, it's quite something to see this much parity late into the season that just yeah. about everybody's still playing for something, whereas I can remember even last season, by about week 18, you had teams that were just mailing it in, and sure. you were trying to figure out who on earth they were even going to start on a given <laughs> week. This week, I'm probably going to look at the Blue Bombers a fair bit. They've really been playing well and racking up a lot of sacks of late, and Bo Levi Mitchell has really not been himself the last few weeks. I'm not sure if he's hiding an injury or what's going on, but his decision-making seems to be a lot slower and his passes are less accurate than what they've mm. been he's hitting a lot more guys in the ankles and throwing more over their shoulders than usually he's done in earlier in the season and if he's off target the Bombers defense is one that's pretty opportunistic and might take one back for a touchdown and really on a week to week basis the differentiation between the top defense and the bottom defense in the league for fantasy purposes is really which one of them is going to score a defensive touchdown because just about every week you have somebody doing that and it's great to have some exposure to a little bit of each of them on a weekly basis if you can and in a multi-entry situation in a single entry situation like on TSN I think the Bombers are one that are worth paying up for hmm. and if you want one that's cheaper the Alouettes versus Toronto are probably a pretty good option too. Interesting well Ben this has been very insightful and I really enjoyed our chat let's uh, let's do it again real soon man thank you. Yeah thanks Andy great talking to you. There he goes, Ben Kramer, dropping the CFL fantasy knowledge on us for Daily Roto on Twitter, at Ben Yamen. We'll take the break, and we'll head over to one of the CFL on TSN analysts. It is Davis Sanchez getting ready for unpredictable week 20 in the Canadian Football League. You're listening to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Weekly rolling along here on TSN Radio all across Canada. I'm Andy McNamara. If you missed any of the show or want to go back and listen to any of this episode or past episodes, just go to your TSN Radio homepage. So where wherever you're living, just go to the TSN Radio page on your local station under the show section. You'll find CFL Weekly. I'll also tweet it out at AndyMC81 and on Instagram at AndyMC Sports. We are delivered by Domino's, everybody. You know it. Get yourself a loaded medium feast pizza for just ten ninety nine. Try the marble cookie brownie for dessert. I'm telling you, you will not regret it. You can have it hot. You can have it cold. You can have it right in the middle. Marbled cookie brownie. Perfect compliment to any of your Domino's pizza. Check out all the great deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Well, going into a very important weekend in the CFL. Just two weeks left. We've talked about it all show. Two weeks left before the playoffs start. So I'm going to bring in my guy from the CFL on TSN, one of their great analysts. It is Davis Sanchez. Davis, I'm going to hit you with a hard one right off the top. It's our Twitter poll question at AndyMC81 from Domino's Canada. With only two weeks left in the CFL regular season, who is your Grey Cup favorite? Now, the options I chose, you can go off the board if you like, Stampeders, Rough Riders, Ticats, or Red Black. So who is your Grey Cup favorite with two weeks left? Am I, am I, do I have to pick a, a Grey Cup? I haven't done it 
I haven't done it yet. Uh, and ah. Now you're gonna you're gonna pin me. I come on as a, as a guest, as a friend, as a friend, and you're gonna right. pin me down. I haven't even made a selection you know anywhere yet. You're gonna nail me with one. How about this? How about can you can you tell me your East and West favorite? Then you can save the the good stuff for for TV. Okay, so let's let's do this. Let's do, let's say save the good stuff. Hey, let's go this, Andy. Let's go uh, right now at this point. Let's go with the favorite the East and the West. I'm going to say. Uh, my favorite in the West is Calgary. Uh, surprise, surprise. Right. Well, I guess it could be a surprise right now. Well. Uh, and I will say, gosh, you know what? The East is such a... Uh, okay, today, without seeing Hamilton play yet this week, without Speedy B, I'm going to say Ottawa until I see what Mark Way and Terrell Stinkfield, right. uh, how they fit into the offense, I'm going to say Ottawa. But those are two big factors, those two guys and what they're going to bring and how quickly they assimilate into the offense. Oh, 100%. And I think this week, this late in the season, for Hamilton, you're, you're, you're totally right, Davis. It's, it's all right. How are those two going to fit in? What impact, if any, growing role does Alex Green have now that he's back and healthy? Are we going to see a shift more to a, a running game or the quick outlet pass to Green? Like, this whole offense is going to be fascinating to watch Saturday afternoon. Yeah, so we're on the same page there. I think that uh, I think you nailed it. It's Alex Green, John White, whoever whoever's in the backfield. Yeah. I think there's going to be a little more focus on the run because that uh, you know the run and shoot, the typical getting the ball out of the hands of Jeremiah into playmakers and having them do what they do. When you don't have the playmakers anymore or don't have as many of them anymore, you kind of got to change. So I, I'm with you. I think it's going to be. A lot more of the of the Ticats run game, and uh, yeah, we shall see. Mm-hmm. In conversation with David Sanchez, CFL on TSN analyst extraordinaire, always entertaining to watch. Uh, now, Davis, we got to go. We talked about it before we went on the air. Uh, the most, if he wasn't named Johnny Manziel, we wouldn't talk about him at all because of how he's performed. <laughs> but he is named Johnny Manziel, so we got to talk about him uh, against the Argos. It's at home. The story for him is about the continued development. What what do you want to see out of Johnny, and how do you think the last couple of weeks have gone for his development into becoming eventually a bona fide CFL starter? I don't think we see a lot different in the last couple of weeks. No, I, no. You know, I, you know, the question you know is kind of is it uh, you know is it the system? Is it that uh, you know the lack of success? Is it because? The talent around him is subpar. Is it, uh, you know, Mike Sherman still learning the CFL? You know, these are the kind of questions that we have. Or is it Johnny not, not, uh, you know, not putting in the work or not picking it up quick? So, so all those factors kind of tie into it. And I don't think we're going to really find that out until next year. So um, I, every, every live rep you take is, is good at any position, especially quarterback. So he'll get those reps and good for him. But I don't think we're going to learn anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't feel like I'm going to learn anything about Johnny in the next two weeks. So I think next year we'll we'll learn a lot. Yeah, full training camp. And that's a terrific point you bring up, and I don't think it gets brought up enough. Mike Sherman is still learning the CFL game as well. So you got a head coach who's learning the game. you got a quarterback who before this year hasn't done what well, played pro ball in two years. So that whole factor I think we're really going to start to see next year. Full training camp, year under their belt. And then and then be able to see, but you're right. Like Mike Sherman's still learning the game. Well, and and even Mike Sherman, not only is he a first year head coach, and nobody talks about it, really, not very often. You're right, but, but uh, he he also was when spring ball came. He was even late for this year because he was he had already signed with a I forget what the league's called, some sort of spring football league in the states. So he right. was actually 
committed to coaching somewhere else during spring. I was down there at their minicamp. He actually missed one of the days of minicamp because he was coaching some other league. So not only is he behind as a rookie coach, but he's also just behind on this year. He started late. So they're, they're, uh, you know, there's a lot of factors and that's, that's one of them. I think that uh, we should not soon forget. Right. It's going to be a busy off season for the Alouettes with lots of room to improve. Let's go over to their yeah. opponent here with the Toronto Argonauts. And hey, we talk about quarterbacks from Montreal, Davis. You got to look at the Argos, James Franklin, uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson. Do you think the quarterback of next year is on the roster this year? And you can include Ricky Ray if you like. I, I think Ricky Ray is gonna gonna float off into the sunset, yeah. which uh, yeah. he should. He's uh, you know a, a teammate of mine, uh, a great cup champ. Uh, uh, Ricky Ray has done everything he could possibly do, and, and because of the of the severity of the injury, I'm I'm pretty sure Ricky is gonna want to gonna want to spend time with his family and not uh, and not put himself at risk anymore. So he's just the type of guy who won't talk about it because he doesn't want to bring any attention to himself. But uh, I believe that the quarterback's on the roster. I think that uh, we've seen enough from from James Franklin previously that uh, you know the and some stuff this year. But uh, I think we've seen enough to to you know warrant him being the guy next year fully. And uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson, obviously, Mark Trestman likes him a lot. And uh, you know he had a, that big fourth quarter, the big second half comeback in his first start that was impressive. But uh, so I think they got two talented guys and. and uh, we got we got to see a whole lot more uh, to figure out if they're going to be bona fide guys, but they're at least um, you know good good CFL quarterbacks to come into camp with uh, with those two guys. I think you got some good options. Do you see another quarterback bringing being brought in to compete, whether it's via trade or or some other avenue? I don't think so, Andy. I don't think so. I mean, because you know the issue. I'm sure Argo fans might like that. The more competition, I've always thought, the more competition, the better. But and from a salary cap standpoint, I don't think you can afford. Yeah. I mean, there'll be other guys brought in, but you're not going to know who they are. We won't know them. Uh, I mean, they're going to be. They're not going to be big name CFL guys because you just can't afford to bring in another guy with and, and still keep James Franklin and and Mac Beth on the roster. So I don't think so. I think it's going to be those two guys. That I'm I'm pretty certain certain that that uh, between Mark Trestman and Jim Pop, they like McLeod Bethel Thompson and they like James Franklin. So I'm not sure who likes who, but someone likes <laughs> both of them. So. Well, uh, that'll be that'll be who the Argos have next year. I'm I'm fairly certain. In conversation with Davis Sanchez, CFL on TSN. Let's talk quick about the Saskatchewan Rough Riders here, Davis. Like, if you were to take away, you don't see the record, and you were to say, okay, you got a new quarterback in, in and out of the lineup, inconsistent, the Jerron Carter scenario, defensive back, all the storylines, all the distractions. You would not guess that they would be an 11 and 6 team, yet here they are. What do you think the Rough Riders are as a team, as a legitimate Grey Cup contender at this point? What are they? What are they? Or are they a contender? You know what? I'm I'm kind of confused with it. Maybe both. Like I don't know. Like it's it's yeah, it's yeah. a really weird situation there. And credit to them. Like to be 11 and six with all those distractions and, and yeah. the problems at quarterback. It's it's impressive. Well, they've you know it's they scored in, in many different ways. They mm-hmm. scored defensively, causing turnover. They scored on special teams, a big plays. I think Big Pen has three runs of over over 60 yards, which I don't think anyone else, any other back has won. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, they, they, they do a lot of different things. And then Zach seems to sometimes look like an elite quarterback. Sometimes he doesn't. So it's, uh, 
They're they're a, a dangerous they're a dangerous team for sure because I, I believe they have the most talent on defense. I don't know if they're the best defense, but they have, I think they have the most talent. Uh, they have arguably uh, the defensive coordinator that's um, the, the, arguably the best defensive coordinator. I always say arguably when I talk about how good coaches are because in a nine, nine team league, if you say that this guy's the best or this guy's the best, then no one else is going to want to talk to you. <laughs> don't say this guy's the best because then no other defensive query will ever talk to you but uh, yeah no it's uh be very careful throwing out compliments but uh yeah so that you know that, that's why they're dangerous but uh yeah i'm i'm with you you don't know who they are you know but 31 buzz two weeks ago to winnipeg and then you know this week they come out and and, and play a pretty good game uh all three phases so it's it's crazy. And last one for you here, Davis. We got to mention, of course, you played for Wally Buono, BC Lions. This is his last hurrah. Um, it, we'll see how far the playoffs go for them. But for Wally Buono, he was a guest on the show earlier in the season on Behind the Helmet. And can you share some of your your thoughts? The type of guy, the type of coach and person that Wally Buono is, because truly, we're we're going to be seeing a legend walk away. Yeah, Wally is. Uh, I got a lot of love for, for Wally. He's uh, he's been a great ambassador to the league. He's uh, he's uh, you know what he shoots it straight. That's what I've always loved about Wally. You might not like what Wally says, and uh, I think it. I don't think there's many GMs that everybody loves because their job is to tell you your career is done. And I'll give you a I'll give you a quick story. My last year, I was uh, in 2011. We won the Great Cup, but I was injured. I missed the last 11 games. Uh, uh, what I do, I did my el- I dislocated my elbow, had surgery, yada yada, and I wanted to come back and play another year. I was 36 years old, and he said, "They say come back in the offseason workout. We'll check you out in the spring and see how you look if you still have it." And yada yada. And I was working really hard, wanted to come back, and uh, he pulled me in his office one day, and, uh, and he just t- saw me working out in the weight room about a month before I was supposed to. They're supposed to check me out, and he said, "Davis, he said I got a lot of respect for a guy that's been around the league as long as you have." And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna allow you to go out there and run and and, and work out for us and uh, because uh, the reality is we want to go younger and so we don't we're not even gonna put you through uh, having to go out there and do that if we have no real thoughts of of bringing you back so mm. you know that was just like you know a guy who who, who shoots it straight and uh, and is real because he could have easily let me go out there in shorts and run around and then come back and say you know what. Uh, we're going to go a different direction or the coaches want to do something else. He just point blank said, um, you know, let's not, let's not put you through that. You deserve better than that. And I'm just going to shoot it, shoot it at you straight. And that was uh, my last, uh, my last year. And just, uh, I mean, Wally's, Wally's great. I hope they finally find somehow to get Wally in a TV booth somewhere or on the radio or something, because he's got a lot of, he's got a lot of opinion and a lot of knowledge and uh, got a lot of time for Wally Buono. Definitely. Well, that was a great story, Davis. Thanks for sharing that, man. That's uh that, that's real nice, and yeah, he hey, he's not done yet. There's still a lot. There's still a lot of season left. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> he'd be mad if we were writing him off already. But uh, that's a great story, and thank you for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Yeah, good to join you, Andy. Thank you. There he is, Davis Sanchez, one of the best CFL on TSN analysts. We'll step aside, come back with Winnipeg Blue Bomber linebacker, the big, nasty Adam Big Hill. We chatted with him a little bit earlier on in the season. Get to know the big monster as the playoffs approach right here on CFL Weekly across TSN Radio. Back to 
wrap up the week 20 edition of CFL Weekly Canada-wide on TSN Radio. You miss any of the show, don't worry about it. Just go to your local TSN radio station. Go to the show's section. It's on iTunes as well. Also on my Twitter, at AndyMC81 and Instagram, at AndyMCSports. Well, we chatted with him earlier in the season, and with that huge week that he came off of two weeks ago, because the Winnipeg Blue Bombers were on a bye, eight tackles, three sacks, a forced fumble, and you look at the year this guy has had, and I'm talking about... Adam Big Hill, second in the CFL in tackles at 101. He's fourth in forced fumbles. The guy can sack. The guy can pick guys off. He's a tackle machine. Adam Big Hill, one of the best in the biz. So I thought earlier in the year it was interesting. And now with such an important matchup for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers this week, I was thinking, you know what, let's let's revisit this as they host the Calgary Stampeders and a chance to really control their own destiny. Here's my conversation behind the helmet with Adam Big Hill. Joining me now behind the helmet, it is Adam Big Hill, linebacker with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Adam, welcome. How are you doing, man? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Now, listen, you're BC Lions in the CFL previously, were in the NFL last season, and you came back specifically with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Why did the Blue Bombers jump out to you as the organization you wanted to come back to? Uh, you know, there's a, there's a few things that kind of go into that. I mean, obviously being... You know, released late and being a week from CFL training camp, uh, there were, you know, teams kind of had some of their, most of their spots figured out. You know, everyone had a team that they thought they were going to win a great cup with. Salary caps were spoken for. Um, but, you know, there were a few teams, and, and Winnipeg was, was the leading factor, mainly because of, you know, I like the reputation Coach O'Shea has. Uh, for leading the team and you know some former players I played with are, are here as well and I got the inside scoop from them and you know one being Andrew Harris and uh, you know those are really the key factors. So Adam now you're in Winnipeg you're settling in so let's get let's let fans know you better you've had so much success one of the hardest hitters big personality but we want to get behind the helmet with Adam Big Hill so tell me when you're not playing football when you're not studying tape when you're settling down whether it's on the plane at your home whatever what do you you do to unwind, relax. What hobbies do you have? Well, I got uh, got two kids: a two and a half year old son, Adam Jr., call him AJ, and a one year old daughter, Leah. And uh, so, when I'm not, you know, when I don't have the switch turned on football mode, I'm usually in dad mode, and uh, <laughs> you know, I really enjoy it. We're having a good time, always, always up to something. So, yeah, being a husband, being a father, you know, those are two great things I love to do. Other than that, I mean, if I had any hobbies, um, you know, I enjoy, I enjoy being active with my hobbies. You know, something like rock climbing or hiking, um, you know, stuff like that. Now, Adam, you mentioned kids. I have two young children myself, and I have to tell you, the, the TV shows that they watch sometimes that numb the brain, is there is there any kid TV show or kid movie that you've been forced to watch over and over again that you're just, you're going to run through a wall if you have to see it again? Well, I could probably recite to you all the lines of Moana, oh. Sing, Utopia, <laughs> you know, just, yeah. just a few to, to say the least there. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, Amna, you're a big dude. What do you eat pregame? What, what's your, your pregame meal? Uh, pregame, I usually like to keep it fairly light, you know, some chicken and salad and, you know, is usually my preferred go-to. Um, if not, like I always do enjoy uh, like a a breakfast for for uh, 
uh, before the game as well. So, you know, like eggs and bacon uh, would be good for me as well. Now, if you had a cheat day or in the off season and you're going to treat yourself, is there a food or dessert that you go to that you're really not supposed to have when you're you're supposed to be in football shape? Yeah, I'd say a cheat day. I mean, would be some pizza, you know, or and you know some ice cream. So those would be the go-tos. There you go. Well, we are sponsored by Domino's Pizza, so you can treat yourself to that next time. That's perfect. Well, well there you go. <laughs> Excellent. Now, Adam, you're a uh, native of, um, forgive the pronunciation, Montesano, Washington. Is that right? Montesano, yeah. Montesano. So I wanted to give you some Washington State trivia to see how well you know your home state. All right? This is off the cuff. This is, this is going to be tough. This should be interesting. All right. Uh, Washington State, the official bird. Uh, official bird. That's a, that's a bald eagle. Oh, you know what? I would have guessed that as well. It's the American goldfinch. How about oh, that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I would have gone eagle as well. Um, yeah, now, it was just ten of them. It seemed like a natural. Now, now the official animal, non-bird. Um, if you get this, I'll, I'll send you some free pizza, man. I, I I don't even know what this is. The official state animal. Oh man, I really don't even know what that would be. I don't know. It's a it's an bird? it's an Olympic marmot. Which I, I, yeah. don't, I don't know what that I've is. Heard, I've never heard of that. <laughs> it's uh, Apparently it was the official animal as of 2009, so there you go. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> and one more Washington State trivia. The official state flower. Flower. Uh, you, you got me. Uh, tulip? tulip it, the, the Pacific rhododendron. It uh, looks purple, so yeah, keep your eyes open for that. There you go. Okay. Some Washington State trivia. Now when you go home, you can, uh, you can quiz your friends. Uh, well, I was 0 for 3, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, Adam, back to football for a sec here. Now, you obviously, you're known for sacks. You're known for interceptions. You're known for uh, fumble, uh, strip fumbles. Which would you prefer? If you can have one, what, do, what gives you the most joy? Is it, is it sacking a quarterback? Is it picking off a pass? Or is it making a fumble? That's a good question. Um, it would be between an interception um, or a sack force fumble. you got to have both. Oh, um, double down. So, so, I mean, when you sack force fumble, not only do you have to join and hit the quarterback extremely hard, but the ball comes out, which is the most important. You know, it's all about taking the ball away. So, um, you know, if not... I'll take the interception and, and show uh, show everyone how I can run with that thing a little bit. There you go. There you go. And one more for you here, Adam. The drill that you hate the most in practice. When they call it, you're like, oh, no. The drill I hate the most in practice. Probably pursuit drill. Okay. Tell us what that is. Uh, I mean, everyone lines up. They they in your spot on defense, and they point to the sideline or where a coach is, and everyone has to just sprint over to the coach. And uh, you have a few reps in a row. It's kind of a wake you up for practice, get ready to go uh, kind of thing. But, you know, to me, it, always, it, it, it seems a little bit just like busy work, you know, as opposed to <laughs> me actually playing football. So Right. It, it, yeah. it, it, it's the coaches need to take care of something. Yeah, go uh, go do pursuits. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Well, we need to kill five minutes. Yeah. Uh, okay, <laughs> let's do pursuit. And I'm sure they, they do it when it's nice and uh, humid in the, in the summer, too. Oh. Uh, Man, Adam, thank you so much for taking the time. Great to get to know you a little bit here, and good luck the rest of the season. Hey, my pleasure. Appreciate it. There you go. Thanks to Adam Big Hill behind the helmet. That'll do it, folks. Make sure you vote on our Twitter poll at AndyMC81 or Domino's Canada Twitter poll. And don't forget, it's perfect football food. Go get yourself some Domino's pizza this weekend.
for the football games. Go watch loaded medium feast pizza, just ten ninety nine. Marble cookie brownie for dessert, pasta, chicken, all that good stuff at dominoes.ca. Question is, with only two weeks left in the CFL regular season, who is your Grey Cup favorite? The Stampeders, the Rough Riders, the Ticats, or the Red Blacks? Rough Riders leading so far, but you can vote again at AndyMC81. So that'll do it. Enjoy the games, folks. It's going to be a lot of fun. You've been listening to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network.